Hey, Stranger Rangers, this is Bree. This is Patina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. said that in the last one, but nonetheless, Happy New Year. This year's already been full of crazy stuff. It has. Uh, We're in Portland, Oregon. So just, I think yesterday or the night before, there's a flight that took off from Portland and the window blew out and they had like turn right back around and make an emergency landing. Did you see that? Um, Was that the one where like the seat flew out of the airplane? It was like the whole window thing. It wasn't the emergency door or anything. It was like the whole window um, wall just popped out (laughs) so just some local portland final destination yeah so that that was you know okay portland you're doing you um (laughs) and then what else there was that guy who was in las vegas that attacked the judge that was there for sentencing and attacked a judge yeah crazy wild oh my gosh i do you know like if she got like she, really beat up. She got a gash on her head. Oh. And one of the officers or one of no, I'm sorry, it said court officials. One of the mm-hmm. court officials that was present had a dislocated shoulder from the scuffle um afterwards of trying to detain him. It was a fight. It was wild. I posted it to our story on Instagram. I don't know how many of our listeners caught it, but um, you can find it on like Court TV's Instagram on there. You can Google it. Yeah. 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 You can Google it. Um, Yeah. Dude just went. He left. He was not happy with his sentence. No. (laughs) Not at all. That's not going to get any better. Um, I think he he got um, like 15 new charges based on this attack. Damn. So that's, that's just. Um, that and then Florida being Florida, <laughs> they're like, all right, Portland, hold my beer, watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, and I'm only bringing it up because it's a, it's a little weird, and uh, definitely caught my attention. And I definitely took a little bit of a dive into trying to find information on it. If you haven't seen this already, there was a mall in Florida where there was some police response. Oh. But I, when I tell you there were hundreds of police cars, there were hundreds of police cars that yes. responded to this one mall incident that the police has officially said was a juvenile fight. Right. That's all they're saying it was. And the internet was internetting. <laughs> and yes, it people was. have come out and said that no, there was no fight between juveniles. There's no kids fighting that there were actually eight to 10 foot tall creatures, beings, aliens, some call it zombies that were roaming around outside and inside of the mall. And that's why there was panic. They weren't speaking. They were just kind of staring at people blankly and that there were shots fired, but that was from residents that were scared shitless and were trying to defend themselves as best, you know, what they thought from these aliens oh my gosh is this like the next wave of like the flocka epidemic like do you remember when all those videos of people on flocka were going around because they were like 
legitimately moving and acting like zombies. And I was just telling Kara, I was like, well, looks like we have to get rid of Florida. <laughs> yeah. just don't want that. Don't need that. Oh my um, gosh. Couldn't even find, can't find anything on the internet uh, as far as like any recordings from people's cell phones, any pictures from people's cell phones. But at the same time, there's no evidence of a fight either. And what fight is not recorded nowadays? Exactly. A hundred percent. fight is not recorded? Especially if it's juveniles, if it's kids, teenagers. First of all, they probably knew they were going there for a fight. I'm not saying this from experience, but sometimes <laughs> fights do have a time and place set up. Mm-hmm. But come on, cell phones nowadays, someone would have recorded something and this all would have been squashed. But no, the internet has been scrubbed pretty clean. The police oh. went off the radios. They changed the channel so the public can't hear it, couldn't hear it while they were responding, which happens on big responses. But this response was huge there were so many so 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 many police cars at this at at this mall and it it was just people there is videos of people running and panic running and like they're running away from something right doesn't show what so i don't know just florida doing florida shit well, and with all of that being said, my conspiracy mind conspiracizes. Yes. And it's like. 100%. We got aliens. <laughs> I, I personally don't really believe in aliens. But when you see something wiped clean like that, it's like, all right. We're not. We're, we're in a day and time where an age where we everything's recorded. Everything's online. Yeah. And you actually have to deliberately try and scrub something from the internet like that if you don't want it getting out. Exactly. So. Oh, man. I know. 2024. We're six days in and I was just telling Carol, I was like, man, the last couple of years, the first week of every year is just set the bar with some crazy shit at the beginning. I remember, was it like two years ago, we had the Australian fires that were just like nonstop and taking over everything. And, you know, 2020, let's just say the first couple of months, it was COVID. So it was just like, man, they're just, they just start the years off with a bang and then everything else just seems normal now over the yeah, rest exactly. of the year. I don't right. think any of us are surprised by anything anymore. Um, one more thing, and then I'll get started on this case. Uh, we're doing a double recording today, but I did want to get this out there. Uh, if you haven't already... And if you're listening to this, you probably know exactly who I'm talking about. But Gypsy Rose mm-hmm. was released from jail, from prison. I'm sorry. And there's a Lifetime special that started last night. We record in advance, of course, but uh, today's the 6th. So she, there's a three-night special that came out on Lifetime. I watched the first piece last night. It's actually really good. And it's it's her her story her retelling Mm -hmm. the story and even though I know the details of the case it's still heartbreaking to hear it all over again and her perspective now instead of podcasts and documentaries and all these other people retelling her story it's her it's herself telling her own story so it's kind of refreshing and 
she admits to being wrong and doing wrong and sure going about it the wrong way but man so i totally recommend it if you haven't already uh the gypsy rose uh specials on lifetime i'm definitely gonna have to check that out because i um obviously know what the gist of the story is but to hear the firsthand accounts yeah i'm definitely gonna have to check that out myself i didn't even know that the medical abuse well not medical well it went back further than i thought oh okay like into really really early life really really early life i mean she had surgeries that she doesn't even remember because she was so young wow yeah she was a baby i mean and some of them were warranted like she was born with severely lazy eyes okay and and that's why you can you can still see a little bit of that lingering uh, mm-hmm. but she did have s- surgery to correct that and although that was medically necessary and of course it did some good that planted the seed for all the exaggerations that came afterwards sure yeah so totally recommend it if you have time they're on lifetime if you're in the u.s i can't speak for any other countries but if you're in the u.s lifetime.com you just go to their website or download their app and it's free on there oh cool so we didn't i didn't have to like pay for anything or even if it was like a free day a free subscription i'd still do it (laughs) because i wanted to watch that so there's that um okay so we're doing a double recording today uh bit of a couple of just crazy cases um that I hadn't even heard of before and I think it's just you know like you said life has been crazy busy lately but um this first one that I'm going to cover is of Greg this is the story of Gregory Ramos and his brother Gail Clevenger um and what this how the story starts I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Gail and then her son Gregory so Gail is a 46-year-old woman at this time. Uh, everyone describes her as a sweet and smart woman. When she first um, got married to Gregory's dad, they had him, and they divorced when Greg was only one year old. Oh, wow. So pretty early on, and right after, not right after that, but after that, she started online dating. She's mm-hmm. a very successful person in her career. She was an architect. and eventually through online dating and just dating in general she met daniel clevenger they married he had two kids of his own from a previous marriage and they together built a home in florida so circle back to florida here there we go (laughs) (laughs) so uh they they blended their families Mm -hmm. greg and i don't know the names of daniel's two kids not relevant at this time um time went on so greg knew daniel as his father figure i don't know how present his biological father was in the picture but more more than anything he knew daniel as his his father sure so gregory ramos um on november in november of 2018 was 15 years old he was a high school student and he had been working summer jobs as a part of being in the police explorer program he was working like parking detail at the local fair and he was getting paid for things uh, for those jobs he had just bought himself a a nice new gaming computer 
a speaker system. And he had also, I don't know if he had bought, bought this himself or if it was a gift, but he also had like a compact bow. Okay. was legal for hunting in Florida. So is that job kind of like, um, like ROTC for kind of. police work? So I'll tell you this. Uh, I was actually in the police mentor, police explorer program when I was in high school, and it was very forming for me. I remember those classes so, so fondly. We did two things that I remember very vividly and definitely helped me, like, help form me as a, as a person later on. One of the things which I thought was the funnest thing ever, we went into the police station and they had this room and they had these guns that were not actual bullet holding guns. They were like digital guns. Sure. And you would go up on the screen, kind of like the men in black pop-up screen with the cardboard, but it was digital. Uh, it's kind of like laser tag, like combination of laser tag with these things popping up on you on the screen. And that taught me gun safety, have respect for the weapon, you know, the responsibility that goes into owning, holding a gun. That That's was awesome. You know, that was important information. Um, and then the second thing that we did, and I don't know that I've told this story before, especially here. So I grew up in Arizona. This was in Arizona. And the resource officer that was leading the class, the teacher of the class, he's a super mm -hmm. cool guy. And he had connections where he set it up where we spent two nights at the outside jail in Maricopa County. Oh my gosh. Like a group of kids, high school yeah. kids. And I thought it was just the coolest thing because I was like, well, I don't plan on ever being in jail. So this is going to be my opportunity to be on the inside and to have like, you know, a taste of what this, what what's really happening. So right. in Arizona, because of the heat, I think it's part of the punishment. They have an outside jail. So it's cots outside of tents or inside in the outside, but in tents. Yeah, yeah. Um, dirt floors. And some of the things they made us do was sweep the floors. These are dirt floors. So you would sweep until you get to like the clay part, you know? Uh -huh. And this is my favorite story. The food was awful. Oh, yeah. They gave us these sub sandwiches that the bread was so cold, it was stiff. And the ham was a little green. Lovely. And everyone was like trying to bite it, you know, like a popsicle. It was so hard. And I sat on mine, like in plastic. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to eat a hard ass sandwich. Warm and it up. I warmed it up. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to eat a popsicle tasting like a sub sandwich. Oh, I was my trying to gosh. warm it up. Um, and they, there's a tree outside that had all these rocks, like a landscaping around it. And part of the, de you know, the duties were take all the rocks out, dust them, put them back in. It was just dumb work right. <laughs> to keep you busy. But totally. we got a taste of it because we were actually in there with kids that had, and adults that had committed actual crimes. Mm. And that was very forming for me. Just to be like, yeah, never want to come back here. Been there, done that. Don't want to eat that food. 
Mm-hmm. Not that I was going down that path, but just if I ever need that that reminder, like, nah, I'm good. I'm so good. You're like, I want to go to a deli to make a panini. Yeah. I don't want to make my own panini. Mm, yeah, no. I, yeah, no. There's a picture. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll see if my parents can bring it up from Arizona when they come in on Monday. There is a picture of like the group of us. We're all in jail clothes and 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 uh, the little slippers they give you. And it was um, the slippers were pink. Um, sports bras were pink. Uh, Arizona's weird. Because they did all the pink stuff to punish the men, too. Right. So, in their own way. Sheriff Dora Pio is a beast, but, okay, that's another story. That's so, funny. a little bit about me. I was in the police explorer program, too. <laughs> but, and, and this brought up all these memories, because I was like, well, to be in that program, you have to kind of be like, a, you have to be a good kid. It's not sure. there to scare you. Right. It's there if you have any interest in being, you know, police, detective, crime scene, anything. That, if you want to join the force at any capacity, this is a good stepping stone for that. And it 100%. builds character. It gives you experience and mm-hmm. opens doors for you. And this is the kind of kid that Gregory at this time was seemingly to everyone around him. Right. He did have a mentor, Ken Jones. Um, He'll come back later into the story. But on November 2nd, 2018, to get back to the story, (laughs) Gregory Ramos got home from quote unquote school and he, the house was completely turned upside down. Drawers out of every chest, everything thrown about. There was a mess of everything everywhere around the house every room that he went into his mom wasn't there Mm -hmm. and although she wasn't supposed to be her car was outside oh he was walking around to see what was happening happening inside the house he called out for his mom there was no response and then he you know to put two and two together went outside saw that her car was still there it was a gold minivan it was still in the driveway it was actually running with the keys inside of it. So oh. the car was still on. He says that at this point, he was worried about his dog and where the dog was because he couldn't find the dog in the doors, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of a jar. He found the dog locked in the laundry room unharmed. Mm-hmm. And the laundry room door that led to the outside of the house, like to the back side of the house, was also a little bit open and also look the door jam looked like it had been damaged from being kicked in gotcha at that point there is a recording of a 911 call from gregory calling to the police that he cannot find his mother something must be wrong the house is completely disheveled so he needs help right at this time daniel his stepdad is not home I believe he's actually in Seattle at this time for a work trip. Okay. And because Daniel's biological kids have another, have a mom, the two kids were actually with their mom at the time when this mm-hmm. happened. So at the home on November 2nd or November 1st to make sure it was just Gregory and his mom, Gail, that were at the house. Gotcha. Daniel was across the country and the kids, I don't know exactly where they were, but they were with their, with their mom. Right. So 
Daniel, of course, the police come, there's detectives, you know, we have a missing woman. She did not call into work. Um, work didn't call. I don't think they called anyone, although mm-hmm. it would have been weird for her to miss work. They're not going to call a 15 year old to say, hey, where's your mom? I don't think he would have been the emergency contact. Sure. And I don't know if the husband, Daniel, got a call or anything saying about his wife missing Mm -hmm. work that day. But nonetheless, she did not go to work that day. There's no notes of her, you know, saying I'm leaving or anything like that. And so what they can do is the detectives, they take in Greg, right? He's the last one at the scene. What looks like a broken into home. And they sit him down for an interview. Because the police to some extent no greg his mentor ken jones from the police explorer program joins him at the station okay in florida and i think we've talked about this before a minor does not need parental permission in order to be interviewed oh interesting so although they are read their rights they do not need a parent in the room or a parent mm-hmm. to okay for them to be interviewed So they proceeded to interview him and he told them exactly that again, that he got home, that he got home from school and that everything was, you know, thrown about and he didn't know where his mother would be. And then this interview, they kept pressing on about what's really happening because the detectives knew right away that something was odd. At the same time that the detectives are sitting in the interview room with him, There are other officers and detectives checking out alibis, checking with the school, just to see, you know, timelines and see what's going on. Yeah, make sure his story adds up. Yeah, so he had gotten in trouble in school a couple of times before, both ISS and OSS, which is out of school and in school suspension for those of you kids that never got in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as i was listening to some of this i was like did they have to explain that and i was like oh yeah i guess they they have to for some people <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's worth it's worth clarifying so he has gotten in trouble at school uh as of lately and one of those times he explained a way that he had gotten a call from a friend and this is he, him explaining why he was truant to some classes And he had gotten a call from a friend who was suicidal Mm. and him being a good friend, he checked himself out of school. He went and found the friend and they found a place to smoke some cigarettes and just hang out and for him to, you know, talk him off that ledge. Sure. Not physical ledge, but yeah. Um, He had never been in trouble with the law. The only trouble that he had been in was at school. Mm -hmm. Um, he was having some low grades in some of his classes, Mm -hmm. um, but he had served a community service at church for like this truancy. His mom told him like, you know, you're in trouble, but how are you going to, you know, what are you going to learn from this? And she made him serve some time at, at the church for community service. Um, they asked him about his day before the burglary. What was different about that day? Because when they sat him down on the interview on November 2nd, what happened? The mentor noticed right away he had a little bit of a black eye shadow under one of his eyes. 
There's a little bit of a black eye brewing under one of his eyes. Gotcha. And he said, well, you didn't have that the day before. The officer had actually seen him the day before because he was working the parking detail at the county fair. He said, you didn't have that. So where did that come from? Sure. And he said that, and this is funny to me, um, that they were, there was a group of friends that they were hanging out and that one of the girls who had a boyfriend named Joe started grinding on him, which is oh. a dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> dance move. I, yeah, I guess um, you could call it that. <laughs> from like Missy Elliott days, you know, like yep. what we used to do back in the day. Exactly. I don't know that kids grind. I guess they grind because, okay. Yeah. All right. Moving it- off a of grind. <laughs> um, so... This is how he said it. it. Like he's like she was trying to grind on me, and like I let her, and like uh, you know I just wanted to be cool. And he's saying that he doesn't really have solid friends that he has acquaintances, but you know it would have been weird if he just shut the girl off and all these things. So he just let it happen. And of course, the boy that the girl was associated with came over to him afterwards, confronted him about him, and just gave him a shiner. Um, so that's how he was explaining the black guy. And he, so he said that um, his friends came over that night and he snuck out of his room and that they did the same thing. They went to the, um, they went to the same church that he served community service at, that, that was their family's church. And that there's a bonfire pit in the back, in the, um, you know, back parking lot area, not parking lot, but um, grass area. And they smoked cigarettes um, and they went back to the house again because they needed more money and then they went back and then they came back again because they needed like flashlights it was a couple back and forth trips and he's saying that he's doing it with some of his friends now even for like the joe kid that punched him excuse me right off the bat he would be like oh i don't know his last name you know people's last names if you know them absolutely you know them yes and the, and the detectives are calling him out on his bullshit little by little. Like, okay, well, yeah, I get it. Sometimes you might not know someone, but you know their last name. You've been in school with them. Like, you you know what their names are. If their girlfriend was grinding on you, you 100% know the last name of the boyfriend. 100%. 100%. Because <laughs> you're like, this is Joe Schmo's girlfriend, you know? I don't know. Exactly. Kids. Um. So... He continues telling them the story, and as of right now, the detectives are still technically looking for Gail. They don't have any blood or anything to think that, um, you know, a murder like that happened in the house or anything like that. They sure. still think she's missing. Right. Um, it is odd that her car is parked in the driveway. Um, especially because she did like a park and ride to go to work where she would park her bu- park her car in one place, get her bike on to, let's say, the bus or the like we have here, the train and then continue on to work. Sure. Which is like super cute for an architect. I can just imagine her walking around with her blueprints and her little bike basket. Oh, my <laughs> God. Totally. Yeah. Um, He did say that when he got home the day of. Uh, him finding the house all thrown around 
that after he had finished looking around and all these things around the house that he was so sweaty and he was so um, out of sorts that he changed clothes. You, I don't know that you would think of that. No, if I walked if your in a disheveled house, yeah, and my mom was missing and my dog was locked in the laundry room, I would not be no you concerned don't. about that. No. Later, he corrected that a little bit and said that he uh, was, although his house was thrown about and all these things, that he went into the bathroom, he got so sick that he was throwing up and he got some on him and he needed to change. And then he changed his story again and said that actually he smelled like smoke from hanging out with his friends the night before. So he wanted to change the clothes. So if and when his mom popped up. Okay. We're doing this. Okay, Greg. (laughs) All right, Greg. And I invite everyone to go on to Iwu which is um oh gosh what is it called there's a youtube channel that um shows all the interrogation videos they put them all in one place it's kind of like the old jc jcs channel where they do all the psycho all, all the you know science of body language and the types of words that you use the language that you're using in an interrogation the sure. types of answers, the cadence, the, you know, even how the officers are standing opposite of you and how they're either mimicking you to try and build that rapport. All these very interesting right. things. I love that part of true crime that, you know, it just intrigues me so, so much. And the officer, the detectives are doing such a good job of trying to like make him comfortable and try to get him to start talking because they feel like something is wrong. He's Remember, he's 15, but when you're watching this video, I even had to go back and double check his age because he's talking like a much older person. Hmm. And at some points, he's talking like someone who's trying to appear wiser, that he is, you know, more mature and um, he keeps digging a hole. When he's talking, instead of answering a yes or no question, he gives a full explanation. But it's not like a normal 15, at least not any 15 year old that I encountered. He's a smart kid. And he's trying to walk, you know, talk his way out of this. Also, remember that his mentor is in the room. So they've already broken down the first barrier of like, oh, I'm talking to strangers. Like, no, you know, this person, you've spent time with them. Ah, so they go and interview the friends that he said he was with the night before. And they also find out that he had checked himself out of school the day of at 1.30. They asked him what he did. And he said that he had gone, although he had checked himself out of school, that was just so that he could skip the last couple of classes because he wanted to go to either the cafeteria or, you know, another room inside the school grounds to do all his makeup work because he was falling behind on classes. And that's because they also, I don't know if he meant to tell them this right away, but the night before, so the day after the, the evening after he got home from working parking lot at the fair, 
He said his mom asked him how everything was, you know, asked him about his day. And then the conversation came up that he had a D in one of his classes. And his mom obviously brought this up and said, you know, what are you going to do about it? How are we going to get this grade up? Right. This is unacceptable. Right. (laughs) And he said, well, you know, it's easy. He had a A or a B in it the, the quarter before. So he thought it would be easy to bring it up again. And then he said that he would do all the makeup work and all the missing paperwork that he needed for the class. So this is why he is just a reason for explaining why he would have done that, where he just needed more, let's just call it like office time to do sure. his work. Yeah. Like study hall. He created his own study exactly. hall time. Yeah. But nonetheless, he did admit that that was actually an argument between him and his mom about the grades um, to the point where like she had called the dad and said, hey, listen, this is what's going on, bringing you into the loop. You're, you know, you need to know what's happening. Um, but his mom was on him about his grades. Nonetheless. Sure. They talked to his friends, Brian Porras, who he says witnessed Joe punching him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also interview Dylan, uh, which is the other friend that he's saying he snuck out with. And they went back and forth to the church to hang out with this bonfire. Unlike Greg. Brian and Dylan just broke like twigs right away. Good. They let it all spill out from their perspective, what they actually, what they knew actually happened that day. So on the morning of November 2nd, they actually did swing by to pick up Greg from home to give him a ride to school. And Greg told him that he he really did it, that he had killed his mom. And oh, he admitted to them that he did? Right. Wow. He admitted to them that he had done this. But now that he kind of slept on it for a couple of hours, that he realized that his mom wouldn't just up and leave. That wouldn't make sense. So he had to come up with a scenario where his mom would disappear. Right. And... It's not clear whether it was all his idea or Mm -hmm. if together Mm -hmm. the three of them said, well, let's make it look like your house was broken into and your mom was either kidnapped or was looking for something before she ran away, something like that. And so they did that. They trashed the house. Mm -hmm. They trashed the house, including picking in that back door. Yeah. Eventually. Greg completely broke as well when they told him hey your friend snitched your friend (laughs) said exactly what happened at least the day uh, after right the morning of and he said yeah they helped me it was impressive did you see how hard it would have been to knock that back door in he's like and they asked him well how would we know that it was actually them that helped you kick in this back door he's like well i'm sure there's footprints or something shoe prints on this door go check them yeah it was them that kicked it in it was their idea so they kicked the back door down they threw everything around the house um and then he went to school kind of (laughs) yeah kind of for a couple hours um so then He actually broke down and said exactly what happened. So what actually happened is that he got in an argument with his mom after getting home from the fair. 
He's saying that his mom slapped him. That's what the black eye is from. And that he was enraged from this. And although he says he never hit her before, that he started to strangle her. Oh, my gosh. He took her to the ground and he strangled her. And he said it was about 30 minutes of strangling. What? That is a long time. That is such a long time. Very long time. I wonder if that like was the actual timeline or if that in the moment is what it felt like to and him. Our brains do you know? crazy things, especially with time. Right. I mean, I, I've, I've said this before. I work in insurance world and I'll ask people, you know, how long were you at the stoplight? And they'll say three minutes. And I said, okay, hold might've felt that way. Let's count it out loud. Like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. I get to five and they're like, oh yeah, like four or five Mississippis. I was like, that's a huge difference from three to three seconds to five minutes, you know? Exactly. So I don't know if 30 minutes is true. I know it takes a long time to strangle someone um, because I'm sure she was giving them, giving them a fucking fight. Oh yeah. Um, No doubt. There was no evidence of her being struck with anything first or anything like that, or that anything other than hands were used for the strangulation. So he says he strangled her and it was about 30 minutes. Um, so no blood, nothing to clean up in that respect. Sure. And then he went and got an, an old wheelbarrow. He used that to get her into the van. He then went to an unknown location um and i don't know that this was ever recovered but he just went and dropped the wheelbarrow off somewhere he went to the church so he wasn't lying that he went to the church that night right he was by himself and his mom in tow um he went to the church he started to dig a hole he realized it needed to be darker i'm uh, sorry deeper and it was getting darker so he did drive back home with his mom in the car to get flashlights um and then he returned he finished digging the hole underneath the fire pit is what he said he did oh okay so he must have taken like all the ashes and burnt yeah. stuff from the top and he right. dug a hole underneath the fire pit and he said he was tired and sweaty and um he put his he dragged his mom out of the car he had tied something to her feet and was pulling her from the car over to the fire pit um and he recalls like going back and making sure there's no trail from where he was dragging her body yeah like laid down tall grass or anything like that yeah and from there he put her in the hole and he didn't he's for some reason he thought it'd be better to put her in head first instead of feet first. I don't know Hmm. what his reasoning was. Yeah. He said mom was already decomposing and smelled like shit at this point, his words. And I think that's just because sometimes body functions happen when you, once you fast away. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that was the case, but he said it was starting to smell or, and he thought it was going to just get worse from that point. So he went back home again 
and got a bottle of bleach and dumped that all in before he covered up the hole. And he did his best to put in all the burnt charred stuff up on top again to make it all seem like normal. And right. I don't think that without him saying where and what, that they would have even looked at the church fire pit. I yeah I mean unless it's cadaver dogs out there or something like exactly right I mean the only thing that would have maybe led them to that area is him just having from the get-go mention mentioning that he was there but then yeah in a you know buried underneath a fire pit yeah weird so they did recover her body um and for the sentencing because you know he's admitted to all of this right sure um so dylan uh he was charged with accessory after the fact and this is for destroying evidence um he had a public defendant and he had a two hundred thousand dollar bill that no one could pay family couldn't make up that money right so he was sentenced to 828 days in jail with 10 years of probation dang and brian um and i don't know if this was just a matter of having a paid attorney instead of a public defendant attorney that just worked out a better deal for him he was given a one hundred thousand dollar bail for his part in all this by the time he got a trial he had already finished high school and actually had started his first year of college. Oh, wow. And he was sentenced to 364 days in jail mm-hmm. and 14 years of probation. Okay. I mean, kind of a little bit of a wash because you have almost yeah. three years in jail, in jail with 10 years probation, you know. Yeah. So about six- 15 years, give or take each. Right. Just a combination of probation and in jail. Um, but we talked about it, I think a couple episodes ago that you have to pay for the GPS tracker, like on probation and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if he's exactly. on house arrest. Well, actually, probation doesn't require uh an ankle monitor, right? Maybe I I not house arrest, just I wouldn't imagine so. Um, on good behavior. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Probably like no drinking, no smoking, no getting in trouble with the law. Yeah, your college years are ruined. (laughs) You imagine? 21. I mean, going into your 30s, really. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it saved a lot of years of like making some really poor choices. But he had already made some of those. He did. It him about 10 years. Yep, he did. (laughs) Yeah. So Greg Ramos pled guilty to first-degree murder, to abuse of a corpse, and tampering with evidence. He was sentenced to 45 years in prison with the caveat that it could be reviewed for parole at 30, at 25, when he's 25 years into his sentence. Because Dang. of his age of 15, because he was a minor, he could not be given a life sentence. Had he oh, not been, okay. of course, I think that would have been on the table. But sure. Because he was a minor. Um, he was given 45 years in prison. Wow. Still, yeah. still a really long time. So, 
just and, and just to make it clear, there there wasn't like this big buildup of either nagging from the mom and, you know, or the mom being abusive towards him or him having a shitty life otherwise, like, you know, his parents were making life hell or anything. It just seems like this was a snapping moment. I guess to snap, you have to have a buildup, I guess. But it doesn't seem that way. It was more of like a one time or maybe a couple of times like, hey, you have bad grades, get your shit together. Sure. Which is reasonable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all parents should be asking that of their children. So, yeah, I mean, you got to have a very short fuse if that's what's getting you riled up enough to. uh, Right. Strangle your mom. Right. And this was a kid who otherwise had, you know. A, a home with two parents and was a high school student and was looking forward to being a detective and that was his career goal and both his parents were you know in, in good careers his mom was an architect I mean you have good influences around you and I don't know if it was a pressure of that or whatever it was he never explained it away other than it was an argument that just turned into that and then it turned into him trying to figure out how to cover it up. Got his friends involved. And yeah, that's that's crazy. That's the case of Gregory Ramos and Gail Clevenger. And I know we've covered a couple of these where, you know, this is how the scenario plays out. And you look at the person in many of these, the a, a child a literal child someone under the age of 18 or you know roughly in that age range and it's like really that's what broke you that's how far you felt that you really needed to take the the situation it's um man it's like the you know like all the mean girl murders i'm like man was it really just people talking shit about you that put you over the edge exactly i don't understand like that's just literally and figuratively just high school shit high school drama super petty Um, and i mean gosh like man parents getting on you for grades is i think normal natural expected and he just he just yeah like you said short fuse and unfortunately his mom had to be there for that i don't know oh man that's it's crazy yeah I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little speechless over it. I have like, you know, I'm just thinking of, of his two friends, you know, of course they're going to sing like birds. They were probably freaked out in the first place well, when he came to them and actually and told them to but... go back to the guys, they said that they thought he was full of shit. Okay. And that them trashing the house was just for fun. Okay. And that they were just being funny in some kind of weird way. Yeah, just turned his house into a rage room. They didn't think that he was for real, for real, that he had done this to his brother, that he had and not, well, not gone through with it, because that makes it seem like it was premeditated, but that he had actually done something like this to that. I mean, who's going to believe someone like, oh, I just killed someone. If I just walked up to your door like, hey, I just killed someone. You want to go help me wash my car? You're like, haha, all right, let's go. I'll take my car too. Let's go wash our cars. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Good one. Right. Right. But no, they actually thought he was full of shit. And, but yet they still helped them 
unbeknownst to them that it was actually for real and they were tampering with evidence yeah they went very naively walking into that situation (laughs) and paid a pretty hefty price for it oh my gosh absolutely crazy well we have um some new patreons to welcome this week super excited um All right, so we've got two new Patreons to thank this week to welcome to the pack. We've got Gabrielle. I love the name Gabrielle. Uh, Always makes me think of Gabrielle Union. Yes, that's why I love love. the name Gabrielle. Yes, that that woman does not age. I swear to God, every time I see her, I'm like, did, uh, oh my gosh, what's that movie? Why am I blanking? The cheerleader movie. Bring it on. Yeah, I'm like, did Bring yeah. It On just come out? Because yeah. you literally look like you just walked off set. Oh my god, she looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. Thanks, Gabrielle. Welcome. Thanks, Gabrielle. Um, and then our second Patreon to welcome this week is Ida. Thank you, Ida. I hope Hi, I'm saying Ida. your name correctly. It might be Ida. It might be Ida. Either way, you are welcome to our group, to our pack. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Either way, we're happy to have you. <laughs> If you need a pun, we will get there and she will be funny. <laughs> yes. Can, very reliable. She's very punny. Very All funny. right. <laughs> well, I hope you guys are enjoying the video. We're trying to do the video thing. Um, we're just, you know, millennials who uh, we're, we've never gotten to the YouTube train and all that stuff. We're trying our best. To, yeah. To, yeah. Put stuff together i do like having um the, the option to put in pictures or little snippets into the video portion because totally. sometimes if you're a visual learner if you need to see these things as they're unfolding and being talked about that might be the spot you might want to be at and join these other patreons at so yeah if that's try your to, cup of tea try to save you the google search after yeah. you listen to the episode and just yes. help walk you along the way hundred <laughs> percent um so there's that uh we welcome if you um if you have the opportunity if you have the chance wherever you're listening to us on leave a review that that helps us just get out and um find other listeners like you it sounds like a pbs commercial <laughs> and as always i love it yeah always <laughs> well thanks so, so much for listening you guys as always don't be a stranger and we will catch you on the next episode okay, bye bye <laughs> I forget that.